Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. It's Monday on Pigskin Dispatch, and we have our collector's corner where we talk about some great collections uh, with the person that owns the collection and talk a little bit of football history about them. And today, we talk about the NFL 1962. It's all coming up in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And welcome to another edition of Collector's Corner. We're trying to start off the beginning of each week with talking about some collections of football memorabilia, uh, talking to some great collectors and getting some insight, and most of all, some great history from the stories that these pieces of memorabilia may tell about the players, teams, or whatever they may be. Maybe just an interesting story in all themselves. Today we have a little bit bit of all of that other than the expert uh, being a guest because that expert will be me and a piece from my own collection but before we get to that let's make sure that we know something that uh, we'd love to share with you each and every day and that's our daily newsletter as we tell you everything is going on a pig pen pigskin dispatch jersey dispatch orville mulligan sports writer and many items from this sports history network as well and we also like to give a little sports image of the day uh, sometimes it pertains to somebody or the date that uh, we're sending a newsletter out. Sometimes it's just an interesting piece, but every day you get a, a new image to look at and study and celebrate sports history. Now, it's so easy to sign up for our daily newsletter. You can go to the show notes of this very podcast or go to the top of pigskindispatch.com or jerseydispatch.com. Look for our free daily sports history uh, and our logos up at the top with a little uh, mail icon of the envelope. And uh, we'll be glad to send it to you. You can cancel anytime. It's totally free. And every day, 6.30 a.m., you will get a piece of history in your email inbox. Now, speaking of pieces of history... I would, like I said, this is a piece of uh, information, a piece of collection from my own personal collection that uh, is kind of interesting. Something I just learned a lot more about recently of what exactly these things were. Uh, but back, uh, let me tell you the whole story though. So back in my late teens, you know, some 30 or 40 years ago, probably closer to the 40s side, uh, my aunt Darlene, who was an avid rummage and garage sale attendee, came to visit us she lives out of state comes and visits us and uh, she came bearing gifts of things that she would find at the uh, garage sales and rummage sales that uh, she had gone to 
and she always knew that I loved football items. Uh, and so she one day hand came and visited one summer and handed me this manila envelope with writing all over it. And there were some NFL team names on it. And it says, uh, uh, you know, there was photos, do not bend. It looked very official. There was an address on her and a, a name of a person I didn't recognize. And uh, had the price that she had bought it, at, I assume, at the garage sale. And uh, so I opened it up and looked at it, and there was 14 color team photos of NFL teams. Now, it has a picture of the team. It's got a a little picture of the logo of the era and all the names of the people that were shown in the photo of each one of the 14. Now, you look on the back, it's just plain white. There's nothing written on it. Um, But you know what teams they are. You can see it says, you know, Philadelphia Eagles and New York Giants and things like that. But not really knowing much more than that, I, you know, looked at them and admired them. And, you know, at the time in the 1980s, I didn't really recognize too many of the players or coaches on there because that was long before my era, before I was born, for goodness sakes. So I sort of put them in the envelope and sort of forgot about them and would look at, find them from time to time as I was going through some other stuff and put them with my, my football collections things. Um, and... Uh, you know, I sort of forgot about them until recently talking a lot with these collectors and talking a lot of football and I became really inspired talking to people like Jeff Payne and you know, Show Dog and uh, you know, Joe Ziemba and all these great people that have these great collections, uh, Greg Tranter, you know, just some really cool things that are, are out there and I said, wow, I have some, some of these things myself that are kind of interesting. Maybe I need to do a little bit more digging myself. So I did a little bit of investigation and found out these 14 photos were part of a promotion by Tang Breakfast Drink. You know, Tang, uh, back in the day, it was advertised as the drink of the astronauts. And, you know, they showed, you know, uh, astronauts, I, I think like John Glenn and everything. They had them, you know, in a space capsule drinking Tang and, you know, mixing it up. And I think they literally set it up with the astronauts when they were in space and during their moonwalks and everything just to give them a little bit extra vitamins and some nutrition uh, and a drink that was a powder drink that you mix with water and, you know, did it up much like you do Kool-Aid, and uh, it was kind of cool. It was a great uh, breakfast drink. Still is. Still a very good drink. Uh, I don't drink as much as I did when I was a kid, but it's still out there. And anyway, you could, I guess, cut a couple of uh, proof of purchases. I'm not sure how many there were exactly. I couldn't really find that. Things. We'll say it's two or three. And I saw the sum of 50 cents in the envelope. You send it into the, the whatever the address was, the Tang headquarters, and... They, your General Foods was the, the main uh, owner of Tang at the time. And back in the mail, you'd get this manila envelope like I got from my aunt and had these 14 pictures in it. So it led me to say, you know, I need to do a little bit more investigation of these are f- from 1962. So I thought it would be interesting to look at the 1962 National Football League standings and see how these teams met. Now, remember, this is before the AFL-NFL merger. So there's only 14 teams in the National Football League in 1962. There was the AFL going on, which they had, I believe, eight teams at the time, maybe 10. Um, so, you know, they, they were they were going doing their own thing. This was only for the National Football League. So I went through and I said, you know, I'm going to take a look at these things. So I, what I did is I scanned them. I, we have them on Pigskin Dispatch 
on this episode today. You can follow the link of the show notes and go to it. And I have all 14 of them displayed for everybody's enjoyment. And you can't see all of the names real clearly because it's a scanned image. Uh, but, you know, the rosters are very complete, including coaching staffs on there. Sometimes they have some of the managers on there as well. And we'll just take a look here at some of these teams. And we'll go in order of how they did. Now, back then in 1962, there was two divisions, I guess they were. I call them conferences, but let's say they're divisions. The Eastern and the West Conference. And we're, I'm going to go in order of how these teams finished. Now, the Green Bay Packers finished at 13-1. and And their team photo has uh, you know just mostly players and there's a few coaches on there and it's sort of set you can tell it's at Lambeau Field you can see in the far distant right that there's a scoreboard from Lambeau Field at the time and you know they're sitting around a bench and it's a team photo and they were the National Football League champs in 1962 as well as the Western champs under head coach Vince Lombardi remember those are the 60s when the Packers were very dominant they had legendary players like Bart Starr Paul Hornig Tom Moore Jim Taylor Ron Kramer, Jim Ringo, Jerry Kramer, Forrest Gregg, Bill Forrester, Willie Wood, Willie Davis, Max McGee, and so many others uh, on this very star-studded roster. But uh, they were the champs of that year. And then coming in second in the West Conference at 11-3 and were the Detroit Lions. Now on their roster, uh, you know, they were loaded with talent too. And their defensive coordinator was a guy by the name of Don Shula. Not sure if you ever heard of him. This is just a couple years before he took over the Baltimore Colts, led them to uh, you know, some great things, and then eventually the Miami Dolphins, and we know about the undefeated Dolphins 10 years after this, uh, as Shula at the helm. They also had an assistant coach named Ray McLean, uh, who was an interesting figure who ended up doing some great things in football as well. But the players they had were legends like Yale Larry, Earl Morrell, uh, Harley Sewell, Alex Karras, Roger Brown, Night Train Lane, you know, Dick Night Train Lane, what a great player he was, Dick LeBeau, and Harlan Hill, and there was many more on there as well that uh, you would recognize, but those are some of the, the big names from there. And you know, following after them was the Chicago Bears of 9-5. and five. George Hallis was not only the owner, he was the coach at that time. He had coached them for a long, long time. Think about that all the way back to 1920. And, uh, you know, he was the Decatur Staley's. He was a player coach. So he'd been around the the bend a few times with the Chicago Bears organization. And they had legends uh, like at coach. You know, and one of the assistant coaches was George Allen. You got George Hallis as the head coach, George Allen as an assistant coach. Can you imagine that? And then they had players like Mike Ditka, Billy Wade, Richie Pettibone, and Doug Atkins on the roster, and a lot more too. They were just a tremendous team. But following after them were the Baltimore Colts, and they were just a few years removed from a championship in the NFL, but they still had some big names on the roster in the team photo. Johnny Unitas was still their quarterback, Lenny Moore, Raymond Berry, Jim Parker, Gino Marchetti, Billy Ray Smith, Don Shinnick, Jerry Hill, and more, along with head coach Weeb Eubank. We forget about him being the Baltimore Colts. We think more of the Baltimore Colts of Don Shula playing against Weeb Eubank's New York Jets in Super Bowl number one, what we call it now. But Weeb Eubank was definitely the coach of the Baltimore Colts. Matter of fact, that 58 championship game, a very famous one of the Giants and the Colts, Weeb Eubank was the head coach of them then. So Weeb Eubank was well established at that time. 
And uh, the 1962 San Francisco 49ers came up right after them in the West, and they had assistant coaches on their squad like Jack Christensen and Bill Johnson. The roster also had brilliant names like John Brody, uh, Billy Kilmer, J.D. Smith, Jimmy Johnson, the player, not the one that coached the uh, Dallas Cowboys eventually, but Jimmy Johnson, the Hall of Fame, College Hall of Fame player, uh, Leo Nomolini, uh, Charlie Kruger, Matt Hazleton, and Abe Woodson, and more on that roster. And the Minnesota Vikings, they were an NFL franchise in 1962. They were coached by the great Norm Van Brocklin. Uh, head, as their head coach, assistant was Harry Gilmer, and uh, Fran Tarkington was on that roster. Tommy Mason, Mick Tinglehoff, Jim Marshall, and Mel Triplett, and many more on that roster as well for the Minnesota Vikings. And in the rear of that was the 1962 Los Angeles Rams and head coach Bob Waterfield. He had some brilliant names in football lore. Jack Pardee was on that roster. Deacon Jones, Roman Gabriel, Lamar Lundy, and Merlin Olson, and many more there as well. Uh, some very formidable front, uh, teams and players were found there in the Western Division of the NFL in 1962. Now, the East had some very, very good teams as well. Now, in that Eastern Division, uh, you had the New York Giants finishing at 12-2. and They faced the Packers in the NFL Championship that year and lost to them. The Pittsburgh Steelers came in second at 9-5. and Cleveland Browns were 7-6. and The Redskins 5-7. and Dallas Cowboys were 5-8 and uh, in one. And uh, St. Louis Cardinals were 4-9-1, and and the Eagles were 3-10-1. Redskins had two ties, and so did the Cleveland Browns had one tie. So that was a surprising thing to see the Steelers in second place in there. And we'll get to more of uh, some of their players here in a moment. So going through the New York Giants, uh, they had some great stars on that uh, team. That's why they were so good. Y.A. Tittle was a quarterback. Frank Gifford, one of the backs. Del Schaffner, Rosie Brown, Joe Walton, Alex Webster, Jim Katkavich, uh, Rosie Greer, Andy Robustelli, Sam Huff, Jimmy Patton, and Dick Modzalewski, and more on there. Uh, the Steelers were second place here. Head coach Buddy Parker led his Steelers to one of their better records in franchise history up to that point uh, before the 1970s. Uh, Buster Ramsey was a defensive coordinator. The roster had some big-name players, too, like Ernie Stautner, John Henry Johnson, Bobby Lane, Buddy Dial, and Big Daddy Lipscone uh, were on there and more. Uh, the Cleveland Browns were next in uh, 1962 under the direction of uh, head coach Hall of Famer Paul Brown. And also on the coaching staff was Blanton Collier, who would be uh, Brown's replacement uh, and successor of the Brown's uh, head coach in just a few years after that. Howard Brinker and Dick Evans were also on that coaching staff. The roster was loaded, too, with names like Jim Brown, Ray Renfro, Bill Glass, Paul Wiggins, uh, Lou Groza, and Jimmy Ray Smith, and more. And then the Washington Redskins, they had some great assistant coaches on staff too. Ted Marchabroda and Ray Wilsey, as well as Abe Gibron were on that staff. Uh, And on the roster, they had a talents of players like George Izzo, Gordon Kelly, Bobby Mitchell, Norm Sneed, and Bob Pellegrini and others. That brings us to the Dallas Cowboys, and it's weird to see the Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers, Dallas Cowboys all in the same division uh, with the Giants and uh, you know the Washington Redskins, St. Louis Cardinals. But that's the way it was back in the NFL then. But the Cowboys, they were under head coach Tom Landry at the time, and they put up some magic. They were just starting to get that, that rhythm together and getting these players together. Don Meredith uh, was their, their quarterback, Dandy Don, and Don Perkins Bob Lilly, Chuck Howley, and Dick Nolan and others filled out the roster of the, the Cowboys that season. 
uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, they were in St. Louis and they were a football team back then in 1962. They had a few star attractions on the roster as well. John David Crow, who we remember from the college game uh, in his days at, at Bama. Uh, Sonny Randall, Larry Wilson, and Jimmy Hill were a few of the players that we may recognize today on that roster, but a lot, a lot of other stars on there. And the Philadelphia Eagles came in the rear, as we talked about, uh, in the East. And uh, 1962, they had stalwarts like Sonny Jurgensen, Tommy McDonald, Irv Cross, Jimmy Carr, Maxie Bond, and uh, Concrete Charlie, Chuck Bednarik, among others. Now, we can uh, look back at these teams and say, you know, that's some, some great stuff. And there's some great color photos. And uh, we share them with you on Pigskin Dispatch for this uh, day of 1962 NFL photos. You can put that in the search box. And uh, you know, or go follow the show notes right to the link uh, to look at this exciting post that we have on today from my own personal collection. We're glad that you could join us for this bit of football history. Hope you join us for more because we have some great stuff coming up here. Uh, some great authors coming on, experts, and more collectors, as well as some great football history uh, that we do did from our own research. So until next time, everybody, have a great football day. We're taking a peek over at the chains and the down marker. It's fourth and long. We're going to have to punt the ball and get on out of here, but we'll have another series tomorrow for your football history headlines, so be sure to tune in. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. Pigskindispatch.com is a proud affiliate of the Sports History Network, the headquarters of sports yesteryear. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, as well as Jersey Dispatch, on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.